It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Uh, Peter Dowdle at uh, theirishgardener.com uh, joins us this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm very well. A lot of wet weather this week, uh, but I suppose the gardens need it? The gardens do need it. Now, I was up in uh, in your part of the world yesterday, actually. I was up just beyond Mallow, and I was out in a garden, and it started to rain, and I said, oh, here it comes now, what everybody had been forecasting. But uh, I was expecting 24 hours of rain nearly, but no, we, did, we got some heavy rain, but... But uh, nothing, nothing for too long. But the gardens do need a bit of rain. Yeah, I, I feel, uh, I feel um, <laughs> careful even saying it in case people say shut up, shut yeah, up. But, yeah. uh, but the gardens do need a bit. Yeah, yeah. Because somebody has has, has brought up a question about that. Um, do, do do we need to still keep an eye for watering, particularly those plants that are in containers, or do we just let nature do its own thing with the rain? No, without question, you'd want to be paying attention to watering at the moment. Uh, it is warm, it is dry. We have had bits and pieces of rain, but nothing serious. Now, if the forecast comes true, we'll probably have quite a bit over the next few days, but the forecast hasn't been that accurate for Cork, the Cork area, in the last couple of days. So uh, I would say, <clears throat> particularly planting containers or anything that's newly planted in the last 12 months, you would want to pay attention to watering, definitely. Now, of course, I would encourage everybody to be to put in a couple of water butts or rain barrels and, and harvest your own water so when the rain does come... yeah. Uh, and then even if there is a, a hose pipe shortage later in the summer, you should hopefully have a, a couple of barrels filled that you can use yourself. That's a great idea. That is really a great idea because because <coughs> some of the particularly some of the hanging baskets they can dry out really really quickly. I mean it's a very it's a blustery day and it can be quite mild as well, so they can dry out very quickly when the rain disappears. Well, they can, and the rain often doesn't get to them as well because they can be under the eaves of houses or something. And if you think about a hanging basket, there could be anything from you know. 10 to 15 plants yeah. taking the water out of that one basket of soil so it, it does it can dry out in 24 hours OK we sent you on a picture that a listener had sent on to say I sowed a packet of marigold seeds in mid-May they've grown perfectly and they look very healthy except no bud has appeared to flowers from Anne in Skibbereen there's no buds just, on any of them there isn't I see that I just had a look at the picture just before we came on air uh, Trish and it, 
it's the answer is one word, I'm afraid, and it's, it's, it's the most important word in gardening, isn't it? It's patience. They, okay. they look absolutely fine. Um, the fact that there's no budget, I wouldn't be worried. I know you're probably seeing them in garden centres and things in full flower, but most of them will be grown under glass and forced a bit to be in flower early. Uh, but anything that we're growing naturally like that, marigolds from seeds, um, they may not be in flower yet. They, they look absolutely fine. A shot of tomato food will do no harm. It'll certainly help promote flower buds. Um, a good, if you have a good quality organic tomato food, um, use use that. Uh, but I wouldn't be too worried. Just keep them well and watered. Can, and can I also say to Anne and Skipperine, the amount of marigolds she's after getting out of a little packet of seeds is incredible. Isn't it ma- ma- magic? Like you buy a packet of seeds probably for, I don't know, anywhere between two and four euros. Uh, and one six pack of marigolds will cost you probably four or five euros yeah. in the shop now, two months later. Uh, and she, God knows how many dozens I'd say yeah, she has. Yeah, they're fabulous and they all look so healthy and they will flower beautifully and send us back and when they're all flowered send us on the picture of them all flowers so we can take a look at them. Okay, hi uh, Peter, I bought stock plants for the first time this year. They flowered beautifully but now there's very little flowers. I'm just wondering has it finished flowering now? That's Margaret in Douglas. Yeah, the, the, most of the stock that you'll get in garden centres are the annual form. There are some perennial stocks but um, not nearly as good in flower or as scent as the annual form. Um, Matiola, Matiola in Canna is the, the, the correct, that's the species of, of stock that is the annual one that is, gives us the scent. And they are magnificent, one of my favourite of all. But when that first flush of flower goes, you can remove it to a little, a little node on the stem, a little side tube, and you will get a second flush of flowers, but nothing like the first one, I'm afraid. Uh, so it's not that they're gone, but the, certainly the best of them has passed for this year, definitely. And they won't come back next year. You'll have to either get yourself, like we were just talking about, a packet of seed for next year, yeah. or, or buy more plants yourself for next year. Okay, Mary, uh, not a week goes by that we don't get the Grisolinia hedge uh, issue. Uh, Mary's on to say, hi, one, I must pull out some of my Grisolinia hedge in the autumn due to root rot. Rather than having to replace all the soil, because it is a huge job, is there anything I can put on or in the soil instead to kill off the fungus that caused the root rot and also possibly stop it spreading to the rest of the hedge? Now, there is a second part to the question, but get, let's answer that part first. Okay, well, the first part of that question is that she's going to remove it in the autumn. You don't have to wait till the autumn to remove it. It's only important to wait till the autumn winter if you're taking something out and you want to save it, like to move something, then it's important that it's autumn winter. But if you're taking something out, as in this case, to, to stop the spread of disease, I would do it sooner rather than later. So you could do it now. Um, in terms of, and I totally understand what she's saying, that you know, removing soil can be a huge job. Um, the best thing I can recommend to you is to use the copper sulfate, which is always my go-to weapon, if you like, in the army when we're dealing with the fungal problem. So if you make a, a solution of copper sulfate and water, drench the soil with it. Um, I'm not going to, to, to say it'll certainly fix the problem, but it's, it's the best thing you can do. And then look for, look for plants which are more resilient. Uh, Eliagnus is a good hedging plant, which um, off the top of my head, I'm not 100% certain, so I don't want to say that it's not a host for Phytophthora or some of these root rots. But I think it's not. But we you'd want, we'd want to double check that one online to make sure I'm right before before recommending. Yeah, because that's the second half of Mary's question. <coughs> what type of hedge would you suggest planting there that's resistant to uh, root rot? And she doesn't want anything that will go higher than four foot max. And she wants to know: Have you ever heard of something called Fiscus toffee? And if so, what do you think of it? I don't even know if it's, if it's a plant name or no, a soil it's probably name. Or, or is it, I'd say it's a type of a hedge, is it? A type of hedging? What, what, what was the first word in it? Fiscus. F-I-S-C-U-S. 
Fiscus. No, no, no never, never heard of it. I'm okay. afraid I haven't heard of it. Um, All right, so go back to the one you suggested that you, you the do. The one think. I would suggest is a plant called Eliagnus, which is a mouthful of a name, but it's a lovely, lovely evergreen hedge. It's kind of ever grey, if you like, and the, the new growth is a lovely silvery colour. Now, there's a variety called Compacta, which will stay relatively low. That's not to say it won't ever get higher than four feet. It probably would, but not hugely, and it's not quick growing. Um, the, the, but you could easily maintain it at four feet, I suppose, to keep the, the overall height is really down to the maintenance of it where you want to keep it. Um, so I would look at that. Look at, look at native plants maybe like privet as well, the gustrum, which is, isn't quite evergreen, but it's semi-evergreen, so it's kind of if it was a, a normal winter, it would stay in leaf, but a very harsh winter, it would drop them. Um, I, to the best of my knowledge, it's not susceptible to, to, to these root rots either. I know conifers are, so I wouldn't, sorry, not all conifers, but most conifers are, so I wouldn't be looking at them. Um, but th- th- you're, you're on the right track, or you're, she's on the right route, if you pardon the pun, to, instead of trying to eradicate the root rot, we need to look for plants that are going to be more resistant to it and aren't hosts to the, to the, to the fungal infection. I just did a quick Google search on Fiscus Tuffy and it's a very popular fast-growing hedge plant with bright emerald green foliage and it darkens with age. In what, in what country, I wonder? I wonder, yeah, I'm just trying to see. It seems to be all... that. It, it, these seems to be New Zealand is coming up on, on here, the ones in front I of must, me here. I must look it up. Yeah, it, it seems you, to be New Zealand. Me. It seems to be New Zealand, all the, all the websites so far that's come up in front of me here is New Zealand. Anyway, uh, thank you for that. OK, let me go back to... Uh, let me go to another question for you. Um, I've got a hydrangea, completely healthy-looking, lovely and green, uh, but no flowers. There's not even any buds on it this year. Could Peter give me some advice, please? I can, and I, I, it's, you could try drenching it with a, with a, again with a good quality organic tomato food to promote flower buds because it's not actually too late for this year. But I would say the fact that there's not a sign of a bud yet, we're probably clutching at straws. And my first question would be, and I, I, I'd be pretty confident that I'm correct on this: if it was pruned last winter. Uh, are, are early this spring and if so was it pruned a bit too hard because you, you know the now, number seven the number seven number seven, seven. Nodes, if you go below seven nodes when you're pruning uh, you will just lose flowers for a year or two you won't harm the plant and it will flower again but I suspect that's probably mm. what, what it is Yeah, particularly when the rest of it looks so healthy and, and it's got all the leaves yeah and if it's established and if it's there, there I'm assuming that it's flowered before and everything so yeah, I would imagine that's what it is Vincent's lawn has a number of ant heaps under the surface and as a result the grass is very patchy. He's done repair jobs with compost and grass seeds on several occasions but he says the grass will sprout and grow and then die off again. Any suggestions? No is the short answer. Uh, and I'm sorry to be so out of answers on that one but when it comes to ants and ant heaps there's, there's really very little we can do um, you, I, I, I'm not an expert on, on how to eradicate ants. I'm not going to pretend to be. Um, I, I would maybe, if you wanted to, to do as big a job as look at trying to improve drainage and see if that helps, but I, I honestly don't know. Um, I, it, that would probably be in a question more for uh, an ecologist or what's the... Um, oh, it's gone for me, the insect specialist. But, uh, um, oh... The Ant-Man, I don't know. The, the Ant-Man, yeah. The, the, <laughs> oh, it's gone for me. It'll yeah. come back to me now as soon as I'm off the air. But um, 
No, I don't have a magic. Or someone like Rent Rent to Kill, or one of those kind of group. Yeah, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be in a rush to go out and kill them because it's their home. So there must be there must be ways of managing it. Um, Do you know what? I'll actually find out because I work quite closely with a a lawn expert in the RHS lawn expert over in the UK. So I'll ask him his his suggestions and see if I have anything, and I'll report back. We'll come back to us on that, Uh, Mary. uh, Hi, Peter. Is it too late to prune Flame of the Forest? No, it's not really too late, but what you will do by pruning it now, the Flame of the Forest is grown for its beautiful red foliage. It's one of the main features of the plant. Is it's new growth, it's lovely red, hence the name Flame of the Forest, um, in, in kind of late spring. But it also flowers, it's got these beautiful white bell-shaped flowers, and by pruning it now, it's one of these plants that does set its flowers around now for next spring. So pruning it now... You're not too late, you're not going to harm the plant and you'll have plenty of red growth next year and even after you prune it now. But you will most likely uh, sacrifice flowers next spring. So that's kind of up to yourself. If you if you don't want to sacrifice the flowers next spring, wait until next year and just after they've flowered, which will probably be around April time, give it a cut back then. Okay. Uh, hi, uh, Peter. Is the time gone now for picking rhubarb? Also, when can you separate it? The time isn't gone for picking it, I wouldn't say. No, pick away. Uh, provided it looks healthy and everything's good, then pick away and you'd separate it during the winter months. Again, in November, December, January would be the time to do it. And is it too early to pick black currants? Somebody else wants to know. Only if, the, if, if they're ripe, pick away. I haven't seen any ripe yet. I was just looking at some lovely brambles in the back of my own garden yesterday, feeling good about myself for not taking them out. <laughs> and um, I'm going to have a huge crop, but, uh, but they're nowhere near ripe yet. And somebody wants to tell you it's an entomologist. Was that the word that you Entomologist, exactly <laughs> hey, what I was well trying done. to think of. Thank we have you, yes. such bright listeners. Great I'm stuff. I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, Listen, yeah. have a terrific week and we'll talk to you again uh, next Wednesday. We look forward to it. Thanks, Thanks for that. That Bye-bye. is uh, Peter Dowdle, theirishgardener.com. Uh, Always a mine of information. Okay.